Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord some praise, for he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Father, we give you the praise and honor and glory. We thank you, Almighty God, for being with us today as we are with you. We ask you, Lord Jesus, to go with us in this word and edify us today, Lord. Help us to understand your word and be a blessing to others. Father, we thank you, Almighty God, for this time with you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Yeshua Mashiach. Amen. Amen. Okay, everyone, let's give God some praise before we start. Today we're going to be uh, reading in Acts 8. But first, we're going to give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your name. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your holy name. Lord, we praise you, almighty God. Lord, we praise you, most holy one. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Lord, we praise your holy name. Lord, we praise your holy Amen. Amen, everyone. We are now going to start in Acts 8. On the day of the great persecution broke out against the church of Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and moaned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in prison. Now, we haven't got to that point today, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery, and in the city, the amazed he amazed all the people of Samaria. Now he boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave their attention and exclaimed, This man is a divine power 
known as the great power. <laughs> they followed him. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> we got people like that today. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's get back. Uh, they followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Okay, we uh, touched on this slightly the other day when I first started reading. A lot of people believe that when you're water baptized that, you know, you're accepted into the kingdom. No, water baptism is just to let others know that you have accepted the faith and that you believe in Christ does not mean that you have received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit only comes when it's given. Now, some people say that they do get it right after the water baptism. That's a possibility. Uh, most people I know don't. <laughs> uh, many people, including myself, did not receive the Holy Spirit until many years later. And that is power. That's where your power comes in. And that's where you learn to walk with God. Okay, let's move on to 18, 8 and 18. When Simon saw that the spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, give me also this ability so that, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. This is a fine example of what I'm talking about today. You have people out here in the ministry today who have never received the Holy Spirit. And when they lay hands on you, you feel nothing. There's nothing there. It's just like if I tap you or I shake your hand. There's absolutely no spirit there. But when you have a minister, a preacher, deacon, evangelist that touches you and you feel fire or sparks or you're freezing, you are now feeling the Holy Spirit in the presence of you and that person. Okay? So this man is asking for something that he has not yet received. He's trying to jump ahead, see? All right, 20. Peter asked. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you know you could buy the gift. You, uh, I'm sorry. 
because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. You can't buy the things of God. You can only receive them through Christ Jesus. Remember what I said. Jesus is in God, right? When you come through that door, when you accept Christ, when the Holy Spirit is given, it's given through Christ Jesus, okay? So he has not received that yet. He's trying to buy it. Okay, repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. <laughs> oh boy. When they had testified and proclaimed the word of the Lord, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samarian villages. Now, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian Enoch as important official in charge of treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Now this man, had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. The spirit told Philip, go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the Enoch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and the lamb before the shears is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of his justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The Enoch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of the scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they were traveling along the road, they came to some water and Enoch said, look here is water, why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the Enoch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. When they came up, out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the Enoch did not see him again. But 
went on his way rejoicing. And this is what happens to most people when they receive the water baptism. They're happy and overjoyed. Okay. Philip, however, appeared at Astus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Kassara. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. We are now in chapter 9. He went on to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether man or woman, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. Now, I don't know if any of you remember, uh, this was last year. I had a whole, um, might say a whole conversation about the actual name of the people who followed Christ. They were not called Christians. They were called followers of the way. And here it is again here in Acts 9, uh, verse 2. He found any there who belonged to the way. So they weren't Christians. They were called the way. They didn't become Christians till later on. And uh, if you want to check out the story of how we um, the name got changed from the way to Christians, uh, go back and look into my podcast of last year and you will find it, okay? If not, uh, just send me a text or a post to my Facebook page. Many of you already know my Facebook page. If not, you can connect onto this page and just send me a little text or message and I will cover that for you. If enough of you want it covered, I might do a special episode on it, okay? All right, let's get back to the read. Um, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem, whether they were man or woman. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless and they heard the sound, but they did not see anyone. So Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see nothing. So they led him by hand into Damascus. For three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. Guys, remember what I said about when you see numbers in the scriptures, okay? We know that cer uh, certain numbers have certain meanings, okay? That number three has a definite meaning. 
<laughs> All right. Again, if you want to know about the numbers, I did a whole segment about the numbers in the Bible and what they mean. Okay. Uh, again, if if you would like to know, there's enough of you. I will do it again this year. Um, let's continue. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias, and the Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judea, uh, Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Taurus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, <laughs> I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here. <laughs> he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. <laughs> now, you know, there are times when people tell you, your bosses tell you to do things, and you're like, what? And you know it's far left corner. You you don't want to do that because you know what's going to happen. You know the outcome. And you're like, uh-uh, I'm scared to do that. I don't think I can do that. But you can't tell your boss that, right? <laughs> Well, this is the same situation here. <laughs> he knows this man is gunning to kill him. <laughs> and he's like, Lord, what? <laughs> okay, <laughs> 15. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. <laughs> That's good news to Ananias. <laughs> then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Immediately, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. And Saul, <laughs> Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. And all those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't this the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who called on his name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus. Uh, Damascus by proving that Jesus Christ was Lord. <laughs> now, you know, they were scratching their heads. What is going on here? 
Okay. Um, <laughs> and after days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill him. But Saul learned of their plans day and night. They kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. Now, when he came to Jerusalem, uh, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearfully, fear, fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. Now he talked and debated with the Grecian Jews, but they tried to kill him. And when the brothers learned of this, they took him down to Corsica and sent him off to Tarsus. Tarsus. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace, and it was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, living in the fear of the Lord. Now, as Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the saints in Lydia, and there he found a man named Anasa a paralytic who had been bedridden for eight years. Now, Anasus, Peter said to him, Jesus Christ healed you. Now get up and take care of your mat. Immediately, Anasus got up. All those who lived in Libya and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. In Joppa, there was a disciple named uh, Tabitha, which when translated is Dorcas, who was always doing good and helping the poor. And about the time she became sick and died and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room, Lydia was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydia's, uh, was in Lydia, they sent two men to him and urged him, please come at once. Peter went with them and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the windows stood, all the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothes that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room, and then he got down on his knees and prayed. Turning towards the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter set up. He looked he took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then 
he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. Okay, we're going to stop here. Um, and then we're going to come back after commercial break. Okay, everyone, thank you for waiting. Uh, we are back, and we're going to uh, finish up uh, with Chapter 10 of Acts, and then we're going to close out. At Cassara, there was a man named Cornelius, a, a, a citron in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devoted and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, your prayer and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Praise the Lord. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Now, when the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approached the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. Now, a lot of people read these things and they think, huh, well, that never happens. That doesn't happen today. Yes, it does happen today. People have trances. People have dreams. People see things whether they're awake or whether they're asleep. So it's not a fairy tale. It actually does happen. I can tell you that. I can attest to that point. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. And then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord. Peter replied, I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The boy spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. While Peter was wondering about the, wondering about the meaning of the vision, the man sent by Cornelius, found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out 
asking if Simon, who was known as Peter, was staying there. And while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get up and go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So Peter went down and said to the men, I am the one you're looking for. Why have you come? And the men replied, we have come from Cornelius the Citron. And he is righteous and God-fearing man who was respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to have you come to his house so that he could hear what you had to say. Then Peter invited the man into the house to be his guest. Now the next day, Peter started out with them and some of the brothers from Joppa went along. The following day, he arrived in Kassara, and Cornelius was expecting, uh, Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. And as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. Stand up, he said. I am only a man myself. Now, I must applaud Peter for this because I see people do this today. And I, I see people do this when they go to churches and synagogues and things. And they throw this, they literally drop down on the floor in front of ministers and deacons. And, and you're, you know, people... Um, who are using the gifts that the Lord has given them to use for that purpose, to help people out of their bondage. You should not be throwing yourself down on the floor, praising and worshiping these people. They're people just like you. At one point in time, these people were sinners just like you, okay? And <clears throat> because they listened to God, as Peter has, and followed his word, he was gifted with several gifts. And this is part of his work. And I see this all the time. And ministers need to put a stop to that because they're not God. They're just ministers, teachers, people who are teaching you about the word. Okay? All right, um, but Peter made him get up, stand up. He said, I am only a man myself. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a, a Jew to associate with the Gentiles or visit him. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without I came without raising any objection. Can we get an amen here? Can we get an amen here? Okay? <laughs> the Lord sent him to not to judge someone because they are impure, okay? 
God said, you don't get to judge who's clean or unclean. Hello? I'm speaking to all these people out here judging other people by their sins and they have sins themselves. There's not a man on the face of this earth that's without sin. <laughs> and you don't have the right to tell someone whether they're clean or not clean. That is not your say. That is God. Only Jesus Christ can say this. <laughs> you are not the judge. You were not given that authority. Only Jesus Christ has the authority to judge. Okay, let's move on. Cornelius answered, four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour and at at three o'clock in the afternoon. And suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and, and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the house of Simon Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts man for every nation who fear him and do what is right. Can I say this again? Let me say this a little bit louder because this was was centuries ago. This was Peter. The Catholics flocks to the Catholic church and pray over the statue of Peter. Because Peter was so great an apostle, okay? He was one of the great apostles. His statue is is in just about every Catholic church you can go into, okay? So now let me say this, as he said it. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts man, men from every nation accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right from every nation not the united states not england not france not just the western hemisphere every nation that includes India, China, Japan, the Arab nations, Africa. No, you don't think so? Does it not say God does not show favoritism? Okay, did he not say every nation? See, and this is why I say, people, you got to read the word of God so you don't make these mistakes. There are people out here today fighting over this stuff, killing each other. Why? Because they do not read the word of God. Their heads are not in the book looking to see. Is that right? They're only going by what they think or what they heard. 
what somebody preached to them over the pulpit. You better stop listening to that and get in the word and read it for yourself. Okay, let's get on. 36. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is the Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. Hmm. We all witness of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem, and they killed him by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by the witnesses whom God had already chosen. Who was he seen by? The people that God had already chosen. By us who, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God anointed as judge. What did I just, what did, what did I say a few minutes ago? Who does the judging? Jesus Christ. Here it is here. To preach to the people and testify that he is the one who God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. Not only is Jesus Christ going to judge the living, but he's going to judge the dead. All the prophets testified about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all that heard the message. The circumcision, the, the circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongue and praising God. <laughs> then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Okay. As I said the other day, first of all, only the ones that God has chosen at the beginning. You were predestinedly chosen. Just like things that go on this life was predestined beforehand, before you were even thought about. Okay? P 
people who are being called today and called tomorrow and called in the future were predestined to be called. Now, just like those that are called, there are many that are called, but few are chosen. What do I mean by that? Well, God calls a lot of people and a lot of people don't respond. And the ones that do respond are chosen. They have turned their lives around for God. They're just for him. And so they are chosen. The thing is, you can say, I even after he calls, I don't want to do this and walk away. That's your right. God gave you that right. Or you can say, I'm in. This is for me. And keep walking. And know you're chosen. Okay? So we are also learning today that every man, every man across the world, and every woman across the world, and every child will go through this. Everyone is called. They're called. But few are chosen. Okay. So if you hear the call, answer it. And be blessed. This is Mr. McMillan saying, God loves you. I love you. Have a great day.